Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. We are live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross managing editor, FightfulWrestling.com. Go over there and get all of your wrestling news before other sites rip it off. Yeah. FightfulWrestling.com. We'll have it. And uh, FightfulSelect.com, our premium service. If you like early access stuff, this is the time to check out Tier 2 because I am doing nonstop interviews. Joe Holbert is about to hit WrestleMania features real hard. All that stuff will be up early over there. Just released the Fightful Report podcast, injury updates, contracts, uh, exclusives, stats, all that good stuff. But right now, it's listing your boy. Jimmy Van is back. I am back, and I told Brandon uh, Howard if that was me, C and D, like that. Yeah, like that. Yeah, but I heard he got an apology. Whatever. Yeah. Hey. Whatever. But but you're back. I had to answer questions from the plebs last week and place yeah. of this show. <laughs> yeah. How was that? It was fun. It was a yeah. good show. I enjoyed it. Uh, and people can get that every other week over at FightfulSelect.com. Awesome. Well, before we get into the the list over here, I feel like every week I need to put it up for a minute so they know what it means. So before I get to the yeah. list of Jimmy Van, my G- Chris Jericho blatant ripoff. Yeah, in two... case you guys forgot that I ripped off Chris Jericho. Here's yeah. what I <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and I, I acknowledge it. I don't hide it. So in case you forgot, there's two two pieces of news we got to discuss on. Just two. two. It's going to be a short Just show. Two. Well, no, okay. Two pieces of podcast-related news yeah. that we have to discuss. So the first one is... Uh, Sean Ross Sapp is going to come to Toronto SummerSlam weekend. Yes. And, and the, the plan right now, aside from the rematch, which is probably going to happen, the plan right now is for us tentatively to actually come to the office, watch TakeOver Live, do a live podcast afterwards, watch SummerSlam Live, which my wife is not happy about, but watch SummerSlam Live, uh, do a live podcast afterwards, 
That is tentatively the plan right now. I was going to ask Nigel. I was going to wait for the right moment to slip it in. Hey, I want you to come in that weekend. And then Sean went and asked him uh, before I got into the room. But well, he he sort of asked me, but what I, weekend I, is that? Just out of curiosity. I don't um, know. Whenever first sec- second weekend of August. Okay. Second weekend of August. So I'll, I'll be in the six. My God, you coming yeah. to Vegas, Jimmy? You probably should. Still on the fence about it. You should probably should. Why not? You want me to come because you want me to, you know, take care of you. That's why you want me to come. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jimmy! No! But while we're on the subject, do you think Melissa should buy me a Nintendo Switch? Uh, I don't remember the reference. I saw the Twitter thing, but I, I don't really there understand. Is, there is no reference. Oh, okay. I just want a Nintendo Switch, and I want Melissa to pay for it. Now, the thing is, I have, I have one already, uh-huh. but... I would feel a lot better and enjoy it a lot more if I knew that Melissa had paid for it. Don't you think, in theory, she won the first match, so you should buy her the Nintendo Switch? Ah, uh, no. Doesn't that no. make more sense? Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. That's not the way that lawsuits work, Jimmy. I was the one that was harmed in this PR disaster, this HR disaster, rather. I, see. I am owed. You were owed, really? Yeah. Okay, so Melissa says, uh, Melissa says she'll buy me a switch if, she, if I buy her a little robot. I don't like that exchange. Uh, we will uh, we'll figure something out with uh, with you coming to Toronto. I'll let you know about Vegas. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is I want to share some podcast news. So tentatively in three weeks, which would be the April tenth podcast, the the first podcast after WrestleMania. Tentatively oh, we're doing this. Yeah, because we got to give notice. I don't want to wait till the week before. Okay. So t- tentatively, the April 10th podcast is going to be uh, done from the new media room upstairs, bigger, nicer. Uh, it's going to be, we're going to have more angles for the show and stuff like that. But also, tentatively, starting with the April 10th show, we're going to move the time from 3 p.m. Eastern to 6 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. I know that some of our live viewers might be like, because I know we have some people in the UK and stuff, and they might be like, oh, well, that sucks for me. The reason I got to do it is because uh, doing the show at uh, 3 o'clock Eastern every week, it kind of runs to the middle of my work day at the office. Mine been, too. And I, the, yeah. The reason I've been doing it is because Sean used to do these podcasts every day with other people, and they all ran around this time. And so for consistency's sake, I wanted to stick with that. But it's been harder and harder for me to do. These guys would joke around about I'd come in at like two minutes to three and say, oh, man, I really you know don't have the time for this today. <laughs> So that's why we're going to move it to 6 p.m. Eastern. I think in the long run, it's going to be beneficial. I think more people are going to be able to watch live than less at that time. Yeah, because ain't but. nobody watching right now because YouTube messed up our start time. But Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. because put it to Pacific by mistake? Yeah, our numbers are garbage. How do we re- how do we fix that from doing that in the future? On, on a day-to-day basis, who knows? It's only this show that ever has that issue. Every single week, it's an issue, and I have to to change it. But hey, maybe they just predicted our start time for April 10th. They're like three hours, give or take. Let's do it. But yeah, there you uh, go. In addition to that, we're you know it'll be really in the fall. I think it'll be the best possible time. You're we talking about right smack dab in the middle of the wrestling week because uh, over the last couple years since SmackDown's been on Tuesdays and it's been live. We go, like, I, I don't have as much time in the mornings on Wednesday to follow up about SmackDown and all that stuff. We're going to have that time. Uh, MMA show might move as well because of uh, SmackDown moving, but we're going to see how all that unfolds. It, between ESPN and UFC, SmackDown and Fox, and AEW doing what they're going to do, there's going to be a lot of shuffling uh, of the shows themselves. Yep, yep. 
So we'll see what happens. And, uh, yeah, this YouTube thing is a real annoyance. So we're going to have to figure out. The only thing I can think of is maybe moving forward, I have Melissa do it instead of you, Sean. Maybe that'll fix the problem. Hey, I won't. I'm not going to argue right. about that. I mean, in case you want it real screwed up, go ahead. And <laughs> I'm not saying she's going to do the podcast. Are I might just have her set it up. Advocating a switch, Jimmy? Isn't that cute? Is that what you're saying? Isn't that uh, cute? But if you guys want to get notified whenever this show goes live, tap that little bell. It'll it'll send you a notification. Uh, we've been our, our numbers on Monday and Tuesday have been very awesome. I want to thank everybody who donated super chats. That's the thing that we're doing on Mondays and Tuesdays. Maybe Wednesdays if if Ebenezer Scrooge Jimmy uh, decides to to let us. Where you submit a super chat, we will answer your question live on the air. Why did I say I didn't want that? I don't know. I don't, I don't give a shit. A, I don't care. Passing out cooked gooses or anything yet. Yeah, but didn't OMG give us like 20 bucks one time? I didn't bitch about that. <laughs> yeah. So whatever. You want to do it, do it. If they, if they want to ask a question, they can ask a question. I don't care. Let's move on and start talking about the news. So let's, let's start with Kurt Angle. Let's start. Did you notice the mask we have this week, Sean? Did you notice that? I wanted to wear a mask while I reviewed that match. It was so bad. So I am going to hope that this is a classic bait and switch. That's what I'm hoping for. It's a classic bait and switch. This week on WWE television, Kurt Angle, he had so many options, Sean. His final match at WrestleMania, I should note, in WWE, because you never know what the future could hold, but at least there will be his final match in WWE at WrestleMania. Illustrious career. So many options, Sean. So many guys that don't currently have matches, whether it be Cena or Taker or whoever. Kurt Angle gets into the ring, and he announces his final opponent ever is going to be that once-in-a-lifetime generational box office attraction main event superstar Baron Corbin. They finally managed, Sean, to kill the Chicago crowd. And I didn't think it would be possible for WWE to kill Chicago, and they found a way to kill Chicago by having them announce that it's going to be Baron Corbin. Nobody, and I mean nobody, wants to see Kurt Angle's final match against Baron Corbin at WrestleMania. But again, I'm hoping it's going to be a bait-and-switch. My favorite was the people who will advocate anything for WWE and pretended like this is some masterful long-term storytelling. It was uh, not. No, it's it so was never bad. Good. If it's a squash either way, I'd be happy with that. If Kurt Angle goes in, Olympic slam, ankle lock, or Baron Corbin's like end of days, there you go. I'd be fine with that either way. I would. Not with Kurt losing. I wouldn't. I'd be I fine wouldn't. with it, especially after seeing that miserable match with Chad Gable on Raw. That match was so bad. And, I and you know what? It. Kurt, to his credit, has, has been very straight up in saying, I'm not what I used to be in the ring. I'm slower than I used to be in the ring. So it's kind of time for him to hang it up. But, uh, don't, I mean, I think that, tell me, tell me if you agree or disagree. The only logical opponent, in my opinion, is Cena. He's the only logical opponent. Kurt was his first ever opponent on WWE television. It only makes sense that John Cena is Kurt Angle's last opponent on WWE television. And Cena doesn't have an, an opponent yet. Like, it's logical that that would be the guy. And the crowd would go crazy for that. No one gives a shit about Baron Corbin. Nobody does. That's just how it Nobody. is. Nobody, oh. and there are a lot of people saying, "Oh, well, this is what they, this is what they're going for." No, it's not what they're. No going one for. gives a fuck about Baron Corbin, and I and I feel like a broken record because remember when they called him up, Sean? They yeah. called him up, and I said on this podcast, "I don't see money in Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin's not going to draw a dime in WWE." And I will give him props because he has improved. Like his promo skills are better. Uh, end of days is a good finisher. He plays the crowd decently, but he's not a draw. Nobody wants to see Baron Corbin. 
They don't. Yeah, I know that Cena and Angle have wrestled in like 05, 06 a few times, but this and Cena last year got squashed. Yes. So I mean, he needs. I don't say. Well, you know what, Cena Kurt could shit. Kurt could beat Cena, and the crowd's fine with it. Yeah, that's true. I, okay I think, with it. I think it'd be more poetic if. If Cena beats him in his last match, right. And the one to, to put him out, but... Especially yeah, since Kurt won the first one. Man, this card's going to be real long. Every singles match they add, I'm like, oh! It's so funny you put that, because the next thing on my list says other WrestleMania notes, and I was going to ask you about that. So, so far, Sean, there are 10 matches that have been kind of touched upon or mentioned on television so far, 10. I was yeah. going to ask you, are they doing a Women's Battle Royal from what you've heard? Uh, some of the women are under the impression they are. I'll tell okay. I'll say that, okay. but there's nothing confirmed. Nothing confirmed. And then, then they announced that, in very confusing fashion, that Carmella, Naomi, Mandy, and Sonya would be in a top contenders match next week. Right. I've been saying literally since the Fightful Books at podcast, what I think should happen is Asuka should either beat up all of them or it should go to a non-finish and Asuka should say, I want to defend my title against everybody. Do it in the Battle Royal. It'll make something – it'll make that Battle Royal worth something and make Asuka look really badass along the way. Remind me but again. I, what, did, what did Asuka do at the Rumble again? What did you do at the Rumble again? can't even remember. Can't remember. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? It's just shocking to me. They took the hottest act in the company. Oh, yeah, and I, she beat Becky Lynch. Oh, I thought you were being sarcastic. Were you I being did, serious? I, I legitimately forgot what she oh, did. Oh, okay. I thought you were being sarcastic. They no, took, I can't remember what they did a month ago on this They show. took the hottest act in the company, hottest act in the company, and I, I saw on the SmackDown podcast you said you don't think she's lost momentum. You just think the story's lost momentum. I think Becky's lost momentum too, and it's not her fault. She's mm-hmm. lost momentum because they have – they basically found a way, Nigel, to go from – a to B in a storyline, they went from A to W. <laughs> That's basically what they've done. And so they have hurt her momentum, and I cannot believe that they had Asuka tap her out. Not even a, a controversial pinfall. They had Asuka tap her out, clean in the middle of the ring, and since then, Asuka's toiling with Mandy Rose, doing nothing. It's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, no depth on that show. Uh, no depth, because their top two stars are hanging out on Raw all the time. Mm-hmm. How did you not have a Raw star say, hey, assholes, two of you all can contend for our title? Why can't we contend for yours? Right. If they throw her in that battle royal, I, I'd be happy. I know a lot of people are like, oh, no, it'd make it not worth it. Not. It would add stakes to the match. Yeah. It would increase Asuka's profile. I think it would be a good move. Yep, me too. So, so far, like I said, there's 10 matches already booked, and, and I'll just go over real quick. So, Braun's in the Battle Royal, Roman McIntyre, Brock Rollins, Ronda Becky Charlotte, Triple H Batista, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Shane Miz, Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio, Buddy Murphy, Tony Nese. Uh, they haven't confirmed the WWE title match yet, but obviously it's going to happen. So, that's yeah. if they do the Women's Battle Royal, 11 matches, still more talent left to book, Sean, still more titles left a book, and they're already at 10 matches. This is going to be a long fucking day, Sean. I think they should split it up into two days. Uh, that's, a, that's a talking point. I mean, I don't know. I see positives and negatives to that. Are you talking Saturday and Sunday? Yeah, and obviously you would combine, you would throw the NXT matches on these two shows, respectively, because you'd be eating up their show. Yeah. 
Is that something? Unless you that move you them to Friday and figure something out with the Hall of Fame. I don't know. No one gives a fuck about the Hall of Fame anymore either. No. So, no, man. It used to be my favorite thing until they started putting 19 people per month, per, per year into the thing. Yeah. You know, now it's just a long, drawn out, boring event. You know? It is. But. Anyway, you know, one thing I'll say about Mania this year, tell me if you agree or disagree. Does this not feel like the year that WrestleMania doesn't mean anything? That it doesn't mean anything? Yeah, so it seemed like every other year they would use WrestleMania to do the blow-off matches of programs, right? So every year at WrestleMania, they would, like, maybe starting from the Rumble, they would build up these programs, and then Mania, that would be the culmination. And this year, outside of Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey, Maybe Hunter and Batista. Kofi maybe. and Brian. I'm pumped for that. Well, yeah, but that came together like within the last little while too. Like it's not like that was in the works for a few months. They sure. kind of they kind of found lightning in a bottle with that a little bit. But most of these matches, they just kind of are throwing them together kind of quick. I mean, yeah, Rollins won the Royal Rumble. Fine, he's got that. Most of them, they just kind of put them together within the last few weeks. And so, to me, it feels like any other pay per view. It doesn't feel like the culmination of months long programs like they usually so- do. There was one WWE employee that I spoke to that said that that they're under the impression that WWE is looking ahead to October. And they also talked about how they got backed into a corner, booked into a corner. December call-ups, February call-ups, I think it was. Oh, by the way, they're doing a superstar shake-up in... April. February, yeah, April, right after WrestleMania. Right after WrestleMania. Oh, and then you got to go to Saudi Arabia and you got to bring them a big show too. And last year it was real bad. Right. Last year they had all that within three three weeks. Yep. And they just just slow down a little bit. If you do the right things with uh with the call ups, you can push the superstar shake up back a little bit. Right. And if you do the superstar shake up right, that that should be a thing that happens at a different point of the year. Like to to lump that right in mm. with WrestleMania, I'm like, that's a big event. That's yeah. a big thing. Space that out throughout the year. You've got Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, mm-hmm. SummerSlam, Money in the Bank, a superstar shakeup. That's like five or six things throughout the middle of the year that can retain interest and make people go, oh, okay, I'll tune in. Oh, okay, I'll tune in. Maybe I haven't watched for a few weeks, but I'll tune in for that. Last year they had four WrestleManias. Yeah. They had four last year. That's what it felt like. Yeah, because the two Saudi shows were big, big matches. The Aussie show, big, big matches. All of them in stadiums. They're bringing Shawn Michaels back after so many yeah. years. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah, they go where the money is, I guess. I guess one positive we'll talk about is Sue Aitchison, the yeah. uh, senior director of talent relations. So good news, bad news, Sean, with Sue Aitchison. Good news, bad news. Good, good news. Oh. Good news is. Going into the Hall of Fame, Warrior Award, she totally deserves it. She's one of those people that go in heart, everybody loves. You don't hear a negative thing about her. I saw Justin Roberts posted some photos of him and her. Uh, everybody loves Sue Aitchison, Senior uh, Director of Talent Relations, so she deserves it. Bad news is, because it's the Warrior Award, we got to listen to Dana Warrior talk about her husband for 10 minutes. And, oh, yeah. and use the same metaphor she uses every year, like, you know, running the ropes into your heart and all this bullshit. So that's the bad news because I hate all the warrior metaphors because it always they always kind of shift it and it's no longer about the recipient it's about the ultimate warrior the way that she yep. does her speech. So I'm not looking forward to that. I might mute her until uh, Sue Aitchison comes out, but uh, but she deserves oh, I, it. I'm gonna watch as little of that Hall of Fame as I possibly can while still doing my job. Yeah, it I know. Is, I know you've never been a fan. I don't like so, it, man. Yeah. It is just. 
<sighs> don't tell me. Don't tell me you're not going to listen to the hockey talk man speech. Oh, I, you better believe I. I'm watching that one. Have you ever heard the Carl and or the, the Luke Gallows story? No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> he told it on Talk Is Jericho about how he was sitting and catering with Honky Tonk Man at like some WrestleMania or Hall of Fame thing, and so I think early in Luke's career, and he was like, "Man, Honky, look at this catering spread, the sushi mountain or whatever. It's really impressive." And Honky looks at him and goes. It's coming out of your check, you fucking mark. <laughs> That's the honky tonk man. Yeah. That's him. Have you seen the video with him as superstar Billy Graham? No. They, honky was basically shitting on Andre the Giant for getting some big payday out of, uh, might have been Mania 3 or it might have been something. I can't remember what it was, but he was just bitching about Andre getting the big, he's like, he's like, oh, Andre, Andre, he got it on that one. He got yeah. that one. <laughs> he turns everything into about dollars and cents now, the Honky Tonk I man. love it. So. I think it's fantastic. Giving he him is. a live mic is going to be interesting. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, there was there was a thing. The thing is, when he was inducted, I, I had the same type of reaction that Alex did. I'm like, wow, he's not in? Right. He deserves to be there for sure. Yeah, he he does. sure does. Yeah, he does. Uh, he is, but, he is the, the prototypical guy who had a very short career in WDB, but a very memorable one. Yeah, and he wasn't really, I don't think they envisioned for him to be what he was. He was the top heel, late 87, in the company. Yeah. And I don't think they envisioned that. Him and Savage, we talked about before, they were just kind of magic together, and, and it all worked out. Uh, all right, let's talk about AJ Styles, because I got to tell you, I loved his Twitter announcement, Sean. It was fantastic. I loved it. I loved it. And I, I wish more guys could kind of do it like this, because it was, it was just, I just really liked it. Uh, AJ Styles, on March 18th, did a, a nice little deadpan announcement. Uh, on Twitter, put up that screenshot, Nigel. This is the newest member of my family. Oh, also, I've signed a new contract with the WWE. What a cute little guy. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Because he knew damn well, people for weeks have been talking about, is he going to resign? Is he going to go to AEW? What's going to happen with him? And he fully knew it. That was awesome. Really liked it. Uh, he and Gallows and Anderson are a couple of people, or three people that literally would have any option that they wanted. Like and where, what have you heard about them? Reports are true, from what I understand. The person that I spoke to backstage said they got benched and didn't re-sign because they got benched. Then they got benched for not re-signing. So what's in it for them? The WrestleMania payday? Let me get in the shot. The WrestleMania payday? I don't think they care about that. They've had that before. And I spoke about this on the Fightful Report podcast, Jimmy. Their contracts are up in September. You know what happens in September? Impact Wrestling has their biggest pay-per-view the next month. AEW, supposedly, that's when they get on TV. Mm. Ring of Honor is starting their big push for Final Battle, their biggest pay-per-view of the year. Maybe second now. This year, uh, yeah. New Japan is going down the road towards the Tokyo Dome right about then. Having this established tag team, now a former WWE tag team champion, coming to your brand in which all of those companies probably should be interested in, would be a good move. WWE just it is the prototypical WWE signing someone to hurt someone else, mm -hmm. even when they have a wealth of talent. AJ Styles, he had all those options too. Mm -hmm. Everybody would have wanted him. But I don't uh, I don't understand why they broke up them and Finn Balor. I don't understand it because like they they act like they have a finger on the pulse a little bit. And, okay, people know about Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura's history and put them together. And remember when Styles was the mystery opponent for Finn Balor on a pay-per-view? Yep. And they did it because, oh, everybody knows those two guys as part of the Bullet Club. And 
So right, so they make like they know, and when they put those three guys together, I think the the wrestling fan base liked it, and then they just kind of broke them up, and then they took them off TV. I don't blame them at all for leaving. I don't see them going back to Japan because Carl Anderson such, made such a big deal out of being home. He just so, bought a new house in in Florida. He moved from this dreary area down to down to Florida. <laughs> yeah, but, so I, I think AEW sounds like the most logical option if they offer them a deal, which they probably will. So. Yeah, well. ROH is an option, and I was able to speak to the main eventers of ROH 17th anniversary from last week, who are also going to the Garden against Marty Skrull in a ladder match. Matt Taven, in character, super annoying during a media call, and Jay Lethal. I talked about the destruction of Matt Taven's real-world championship. Super original idea, but uh, take a listen. The real-world championship belt is still in my possession. It is my property. It was damaged by Jay Lethal, you know, but I'm a I'm a stand-up man, and I'm a guy who likes to settle things uh, face-to-face, mano-a-mano, and, you know, probably unlike yourself, where you would probably press charges and make a big stink out of it. I'm going to go right to Jay Lethal and slap him in his mouth for what he did to the, to the belt. But again, like I said earlier, you probably weren't paying attention since you couldn't even pick up your uh, call when it was time for your name to be called. I'm going to make that belt better than it's ever been, especially after Friday. I'll replace that piece of tin that Ring of Honor has been carrying around as their most prestigious title and show them what is actually fit for a king. The real Ring of Honor title might be gone for right now, but it's definitely not gone forever. From a visual perspective, I don't know if you've got to see it up close, um, but from a visual perspective, Oh, okay. It it just it looked just like my belt. It just was purple and had more stones on it. Um, uh, from Matt Damon's perspective, though, it was his and he owned it, so that's what made it good. But uh, just from a visual perspective, um, I mean, I I don't think it was ugly. What it represented was, but uh, it was just it looked the same as my belt. Just it was the purple strap and it had more stones on it. That's all. And his name was on it. That was that's probably his favorite part. <laughs> now it is, yes. Um I I've been lying if I said that wasn't one of the most fun things I've ever done, getting to destroy uh the belt. I got to use the bat and the axe. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I don't think I've ever hit anything with an axe or a bat before. So I played Little League a long time ago, but unfortunately, um, I'm an awful baseball player, so I never hit the ball. I'm, I got to the bases once because I got walked. Uh, so I've never been good at baseball, so I never hit anything with a baseball bat. Um, and I've never chopped <laughs> Right, which is why you've never seen me talk about that part, right? <laughs> Oh, man. All right. I've never Thanks a lot. Down or anything, so I've never used that. I expand on this on the Fightful Report podcast. The article on that was up early access for Fightful Select members, as will a lot of stuff. Go over there. Subscribe today. Hot dog. ROH 17th anniversary was, was all right. They went an hour, Jimmy, which would have been a way bigger headline if Kofi Kingston probably didn't go an hour twice over the last month. Yep, there you go. I want to talk about Stokely Hathaway signing. Really? Why? Well, because to me, that's a significant signing. That's yeah, why yeah. That's why I want to talk about it. And I don't want to discredit the other guys they brought in, uh, one of the Beverly Brothers kids and uh, Robbie, Robbie E. Robert I don't want to, 
and DJZ. I don't want to discredit those guys, and we'll t- we can talk about DJZ in a minute. The Stokely Hathaway signing to me is significant. Uh, so anybody who hasn't heard yet, it was announced that he's signed with WWE. He reported to the Performance Center. The reason this is significant is because, to me, this is a sign that WWE is open to the idea of the full-time manager again. And we've seen it a little bit with, say, Zelina Vega. Uh, we've seen it with uh, Leo Rush, although they keep on kind of going back and forth on that. I think that's an element of, of wrestling in WWE that's been lacking. And when you think back to the 80s when I was a big fan, the Bobby Heenan family and the Hart Foundation and even Johnny Valiant, Mr. Fuji, and it added a dynamic to the whole thing. And a guy like Bobby Heenan, Sean, you could take kind of like a mid-level guy, like the Brooklyn Brawler, as an example. Yeah. You, can, you can take a mid-level guy, you put him with Bobby Heenan, and overnight his stock goes up. You know I, I mean? I'm, I'm not going to pretend that the Million Dollar Corporation was like the greatest stable ever, but as nine-year-old me watched that show and Ted DiBiase managed somebody and brought them in, I was like, all right, I know Ted DiBiase. I know Ted DiBiase was legit. I know what he does breeds success. Jim Cornette. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had the Bulldog and uh, Yokozuna and Owen Hart. And then I remember on random episodes of Superstars, there would be Al Snow dressed in the ninja outfit as Shinobi, and like Jim uh, was Cornette. it Shinobi? I thought it was like Avatar or something. No, there, there was an Avatar a few months before that, but oh. there was Shinobi in like January, February, and that would be like a one night opponent for Shawn Michaels or Ahmed Johnson. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that Owen Hart and Jim Cornette are sending after him. Like it's valuable. It's stuff. It's an easy way to add story. We saw it with Titus O'Neil. I thought they were going to go that direction with him, yeah. and it, it looked it was a winner. I used to think, as a kid, I thought Bobby Heenan and Hulk Hogan really hated each other. Yeah. Because because Bobby Heenan, first he's sending John Studd at him and King Kong Bundy at him. And then he gets the coup with Andre the Giant. And then he's got Rick Rude and Harley Race. And I just really like the dynamic of it all. And a guy like Heenan, again, because Heenan was probably the greatest manager of all time. That's why I keep on referencing him. But he gave instant credibility to whoever he put with him. And I think it's a great idea. And when you look at Andrade C. and Almas, with all due respect to Andrade C. and Almas, he's better with Zelina Vega than without. Way right? better. He, you look at, he did. You look at Bobby Lashley, with all due respect to Bobby Lashley, he's better with Leo Rush than without. And yeah. I, I just think that it's a dynamic, the dynamic they're missing. So when I heard that Stokely Hathaway signed, knowing that they're not about to put him on 205 Live as a wrestler or anything, you know what I mean? <laughs> He does when wrestle I, here and there. I yeah. know, but they, they signed him for a reason, and uh, I really like it. I really like it, and, and if that's a sign of good of things to come, I think they're going in, in a positive direction. I think they signed him in case Matt Riddle goes crazy at the Performance Center. They need somebody <laughs> to check Matt Riddle and keep him under control and kick his ass. Uh, I, I messaged Stokely, and I was like, man, you're going to change a lot of people's careers. And I poked around backstage, and somebody said, yeah, he was pitched by several people to manage Authors of Pain last year. When when they abandoned Ellering, it was pitched by several people, right. and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm glad because I was beating that drum on the podcast every single week. He right. needs to be here. He needs to be here. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm very happy. Do you think Jimmy that he has more charisma than Mark E. Extreme? <laughs> because I don't. It's a toss up, Sean. It's it is a toss up. I think Mark E. Extreme could beat him up. But w- what's he been up to? Let's find out. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody's been asking me why. Why, Dean? Why are you leaving the WWE? I'm spilling the beans. I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking, where I'm going, and why I'm doing it. D Extreme. D D Extreme. D Extreme. D D Extreme. I'm at a, uh, a wrestling match right now, and I'm um, scouting talent. I promise I'm not wasting your money. Get off the phone, bro. Hi, Marcus. It's me, your father. <laughs> That's right. Yes! Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, what the hell was that? That was unprofessional. What are you gonna do next? I'm going to Disneyland! You can check out On Your Mark Live in New York City, April 6th. It benefits the Pause for the Cause Animal Charity. It's gonna have Taya Valkyrie and Kenny King there. Don't know how he managed that, but he pulled it off. Uh, check out our friend, kind of our friend, Mark E. Extreme. I don't know what, what pictures he owns of people on this website. But, mm-hmm. hey, he's getting the plug, right? Good for him. Well, I mean, I've seen some of the interviews, and people like him. They think he's funny. He's so, very funny. EC3 did one with him, and he you could tell he was into it. Yeah. So, so good for him. I heard EC3 really liked the catering on his birthday, so good for him. That was hilarious. Yeah. Let's talk about WWE production, because this clip, man, I don't know if Nigel has seen this clip. Oh, God. So I got to tell you, so, so uh, a buddy of mine who Nigel knows, uh, Luke, I showed him this clip, and he thought it wasn't serious. He said, Luke said, so the guy with the camera that's going up and down like that, what, was he like a character on the show or something? I'm like, dude, he was really legitimately shooting footage that they showed on the show. If he Damian Mizdow... Could Mizdow, not believe it. Couldn't believe Damian it. Damian Mizdow played a cameraman, you would think that that was... That would be what he's doing. Play yeah. the clip for a second. So, so this was from Raw this week. Uh, it was uh, posted on Twitter by a guy named Swift at SwiftFades underscore... And uh, I'm going to talk over it. We're not going to play the audio. Look at the cameraman on the left. Look at this guy. And this is the kind of stuff they do legitimately. Look at this guy. He's doing squats, Nigel. <laughs> Look at the cameraman on the left. Unbelievable. And th- this is a directive from Kevin Dunn. This is what this is. Kevin Dunn is instructing him to do that while they have the other guy, who's also kind of going up and down a little bit, but he's trying to stay a little bit more uniform. Look at this absolute nonsense. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. Isn't that... The zoom in and zoom out is one thing, 
But for the cameraman to have to do squats watching every chair <laughs> shot, and this is Kevin Dunn's directive as the producer of the show. My God, terrible, terrible. How do? What do you think when you saw that show? What do you think that I thought? I've been bitching <laughs> about this for three years. It's unbelievable. I go, I go back and watch the Great Shield versus I think Ryback, Daniel Bryan, whoever the hell it was at TLC 2012. That's when this started, and. God. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you literally could get like a seizure watching that at home. It's so bad, it's man. It's really bad. It's really bad. Anytime I have people over that don't watch wrestling, they're like, what is the deal? What's yeah. going on here? It's really bad. They, they want the fabled casual fan. The fabled casual fan can't see what's happening. <laughs> if I'm Drew McIntyre, I'm upset. I'm like, yes. why did I take those t- chair shots? For that. For that, yeah. yeah. Well, let's move on to more positive news, I guess, because uh, something came out about AEW that I, I really like, and, and I hope that they're working on what I think they're working on. So PW Insider reported that Cody Rhodes has filed for some former WW trademarks, including Bash at the Beach, Battle Bowl, and Bunkhouse Stampede. Uh, presumably, they want to use those for AEW live events. Battle Bowl, I was a fan of Battle Bowl. And it was a little bit gimmicky and stuff, but I was a fan of it back in the day because it was the opportunity to see heels and baby faces working together. That's why I liked it. It's a different dynamic. The Yeah, yeah. The first time I got to really see that was Survivor Series 95, though, the wild card match. With, so right, the one that was, was supposed to be Monsoon that booked it or something. That was yeah, the gimmick, yeah, and yeah. it was heels and baby faces together, right? Yeah, I love. that's a neat dynamic. You can- I like it. Develop friendships and rivalries that way. I don't know if when, when they say live events, I don't know if they mean like house shows. Might be a pay per view. Might be either yeah. way. I think it's a good idea, yeah. especially if they do live events. Because as we've seen WWE, the only reason I attended their November live event at in Cincinnati was because it was called Starcade. That right. was it. Right. It was an attraction, and they had a full house for it. I think that if they book something like Battle Bowl correctly. That could be almost like their rumble in terms of the winner getting a title shot. Mm-hmm. Because back in the WCW day, there really was no prize offered to the winner, which is kind of the goofy thing that WCW did. If anybody's not familiar with Battle Bowl, they would do a thing called Lethal Lottery in order to pick names to, to make random tag teams. Those tag teams would do matches. The winning uh, teams went into a, a battle royal, and then the winner of the battle royal was the winner of Battle Bowl. But they never really did anything with it. AEW could very easily make that their their shtick in order to get a, a title contender. So I like it. Yeah. So there there are a lot of questions. Doesn't WWE own this? Why do you think that that AEW is even in the running for this? Because WWE lets a lot of stuff like this lapse. They let it go. It's very much like war games. They let it go, right? Trademarks expire. Which WWE has since paid MLW money to regain the rights to. They were kind of running it just willy-nilly, like, who cares? We'll do it anyway. Yeah. Which is surprising to me. But they paid MLW. It's not surprising to me because that's why you and I had that fight on the air there a while back. Well, it's not surprising to me at all. And what happened? (laughs) WWE did what I called a buyout. Eh, Meltzer talked about it too. Meltzer talked about it too. Yeah, no. Just because you go like this doesn't mean you're right. It doesn't mean you're right. This does. Oh, that means you're right. Okay. No, but Battle, Battle Royal, I, I think I think Battle Bowl could be a really, really good idea. Really good idea. I do, your, too. Your hands okay. look really yellow when you do that, like jaundice. I'm, I'm a Simpson, okay? My God. 
listen, I got they, they usually yeah. don't let you leave the hospital until they take care of that. Jimmy, <laughs> do you see the ends of these fingers? I do. They're clean. They're yellow right now because yeah. they're, but they're oh. clean. You look like you need dialysis. Well, <laughs> hey. <laughs> but good for you, Is that man. A plug? Well, I was going to say. a new sponsor that I don't know about? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Might be I good. would be down for that. But, hey, Bash at the Beach, that's a theme that I mm. I like. That I like the beach theme stuff. Uh, Charles Haskins says, "Who replaces Kevin Dunn when Triple H takes over? Borash, either Borash, I assume, or somebody within the company that is, quite frankly, being groomed for that position that I, I don't even know about." I'm sure. Yeah, he probably has an assistant or something. I imagine. But yeah. if if you've seen Dunn's stock options, he's not going anywhere unless he's pushed out. Yeah, guy's making too much money. But and I don't know how old Kevin Dunn is when he's been there for decades. He's got to be well into his sixties. He's got to. Yeah. You know, and again, like now, Joe, you're a production guy. How much sense does it make to have a guy well into his 60s producing a show that's trying to target teenagers and children and 20-somethings? That's not the demo they're drawing, but they're trying to target that demo. How much sense does that make? The answer is none. That's the answer. <laughs> Makes no sense. This is why I kind of crap on this man a lot, because he's a 74-year-old man that's trying to target a demo that's decades younger than he is. How can you possibly know what those people want? One of the reasons why I have a lot of younger writers on our site is because they, they can provide things. I'm in, I'm in my 30s, man. There are things that Andrew looks at as a college-age student, and he knows better than I do. There's, right. there's things that I don't understand that maybe some people that are older on our site that can understand. I think it's important to have somebody from all demographics giving input. On stuff like this. I was looking yesterday into getting hats done for our, our new shop we're working on. Yeah. And I said to Melissa, do me a favor. Ask the cool kids whether they like mesh on a hat or like the regular material. Because I'm clearly not the demo for this. So ask the cool kids what they like. <laughs> What'd they say? Uh, they didn't want the mesh. They wanted the other material. Like, like you mean like the mesh, like the trucker hat? Like, like the, the trucker hat. I asked like her if Ashton. the words Von yeah. Dutch were going to be written on them. I was going to say, uh, yeah. I was like, are we getting Ashton Kutcher to model these? Like, what's going on? I didn't know what what's popular. That's why I asked her to check it out. So she asked some of the boys in the office. And I haven't worn a hat so. since 2002. I wear them on occasion. I wear them sometimes. All right, let's go to stupid people. Stupid people is what this segment's called. You might wonder why we do it. It's not about wrestling at all. Used to be WWE's weekly usage of stupid nicknames, which we did hoping they'd stop giving wrestlers lame names. But it didn't work, so we gave up. In the new segment, we came up with this stupid people. Stupid people, stupid people. Duh. All right, man, I love that new intro. I don't have to explain it anymore. It's awesome. So uh, not that I want to jump ahead too far, but the, but the SRS file, Sean, I can't wait to hear your reaction. <laughs> I'm ready. I can't wait. But we're going to start because we got some good ones. So this first one, this is reported by the Associated Press on March 12th. So you've heard these stories about people committing insurance fraud, right? Oh, yeah. Pe- people that they, they commit fraud by filing bogus injury claims to collect insurance money. We've all heard about this. There's been lots of examples of it. A 21-year-old woman of Slovenia, Sean, she took it up a notch, all right? Here's what happened. Her and her family signed insurance contracts with five different companies, okay? Okay. For a, that means that her benefits were going to total $430,000 as well as monthly payments of 3400 bucks over 10 years. Those are, the, uh, those are the terms she signed. What do you think she did in order to 
claim disability after she signed those insurance contracts with those five companies. What do you think she did to claim disability? Broke her butt. Cut off her own hand. What? Did she legitimately do it? Yes. <gasps> yes. So her and her family set up a scam where they cut off her hand. When they took her to the hospital, they intentionally left the hand behind because they wanted her to have a permanent disability thinking she'll get permanent benefits, right? So that's what they did. She claimed that it was an accident that happened when she was uh, pruning trees. That's what she claimed. She was pruning trees and accidentally cut her hand off. Fortunately, the branches, my man! <laughs> that's what they said. Fortunately, they were able, somebody went and they were able to get the hand and they were able to reattach it. So she was able to reattach the hand. When they were doing their checks, because people got to understand insurance companies, they do their checks oh, on yeah. this stuff. Oh, big time. They don't want to pay out. Now, no. I got some tiny wrists and forearms. What <laughs> pruners are even getting through them? Could have been a ch- you got to use like a bone saw. How it could have been a chainsaw. It could have been a chainsaw. Might have been. Woo! Could you yeah, imagine? Been. Yeah, yeah. No. So when they were doing their checks, the routine checks on this, before this accident occurred, she was she had already been red flagged because she was unemployed. So a 21-year-old unemployed person signed five insurance contracts totaling 430 grand in, in, in payments. Of course she's going to be red flagged. And so when she came in with the injury, that's when police got involved. They questioned her. The truth came out. And so now this 21-year-old uh, faces up to eight years in prison. I want to know at what point did the truth come out? Like that she was committed until somebody asked and she goes, all right! <laughs> I mean, they could probably tell by questioning her, probably her facial reactions and probably, you know, oftentimes stories change too. Their stories change and that's how they get them. The way I look at it, if you can handle getting your hand chainsawed off, you should be able (laughs) to control your emotions when you're being questioned about it. Yeah, you think so. You think so. Isn't that unbelievable? That is. That's awesome. This is why we do this segment. As this is why as mental illness at its finest. That it's, woman is mentally ill. Oh, it's crazy. She's lucky that they were able to reattach the hand. You know, she's very lucky. But now she might do jail time. So good for Man. her. This next one reported by the South China Morning Post on March 18th. This is good. So a 51 year old woman out of China, because they're usually from China or India when they do fucked up shit. So a 50 year old woman, a 51 year old woman, her surname is Zhang, and that's the only name they used in the story. She had an interest in unconventional health treatment, Sean. Uh-huh. Really keen on staying healthy. Really keen on taking care of herself. What did she do to stay healthy that almost cost her her life? Drink dog pee. It's not not a bad one. Not a bad one. She uh, made a juice out of 20 kinds of fruit and injected it into herself using an IV drip. <laughs> Man, I was cutting weight all wrong. I guess you were. She uh, she ended up getting a severe infection. She damaged her liver, kidney, and heart. She almost died of organ failure and sepsis. They had to use dialysis to clean her blood. And she was interviewed by the paper, and they and she said, "quote I thought fresh fruits were very nutritious. It wouldn't do me harm by injecting them into my body. So let's just put that fruit directly into my veins. Let's do that. Let's do that." I thought that it was going up her ass when when you mentioned it. Uh, it (laughs) That would have been more beneficial than what she did. 
You've heard about the coffee and wine enemas and all that stuff, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So that would have been more beneficial than what you did, man. Okay, this last one for the SRS file. Reported by Cornwall Live out of the UK on March 20. Sean, let me ask you a question. Nigel, I'm going to ask you this too. Sure. Do you ever feel that your penis needs a refreshing boost? Yeah. That's why I use Blue Chew. That's why he's... And I knew that you were going to go there. I knew you were going to. Do you ever feel like, uh, you know, your, your penis lacks a hygienic feeling? No. No? Well, no. apparently some men do. Apparently, especially in the UK, this is a problem. And there must be a market for this because somebody took care of it in the UK. We have a picture of a new product that just hit the market. Go ahead, Nigel. It's called Boner's Penis Cleaner. <laughs> you can get it not only in supermarkets in the UK, but you can also get it off Amazon UK. And here's here, here this is really good because I actually checked out Amazon UK. One reviewer on Amazon said, quote, Amazing. Penis looked magical afterwards and smelled like rainbows. How much does this cost? Just asking. It was about 13 pounds. So that's about, what, 25 bucks? Maybe yeah. Canadian? So, Oof. yeah. Boners. Boners. Penis cleaner. <laughs> I, I might check into this. Why not? Do you want to get a sponsorship? You can tie it into Bluetooth? You know what? That's a great idea. I'm going to yeah. reach out to him. You should. Boners. If you, if you need to find it, Boners. Penis cleaner. Well, I'm going to hit him up. You better believe it. And you know what? I'll post... The email that I send them for the inquiry. Yeah. On select. You should. That'd be good. Maybe like if we get some, we'll give it away to select subscribers. Speaking of which, uh, as the process started on Ask Man yet, I know it's going to take time. Nigel's got to do like a lot of work on it and stuff. Has the process begun yet or how's it looking? The process has begun. I'm, uh, I'm learning, I'm learning some stuff. You're learning Ask Man? I, I, yeah, that's that's part of it. I have to learn how to play it on like four different instruments. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about that video that surfaced recently, Sean. Which one? Because the '79 one. Oh yeah. Because yeah, yeah. this is a great story. I think even Nigel, as as not a wrestling fan, is going to like this. This is a really really good story. So back in the day, as people know, we're talking this is 1979. Pro wrestling was territorial back then. What that means is that different areas had their own promotion. Right, There was no nationwide television back then. It was all local TV and local markets. That means that if you lived in, say, New York, you weren't going to see wrestling from L.A. You weren't going to see wrestling from the Midwest. You weren't going to see wrestling from wherever else. That's how it was back then. Right. So there was a territorial war in Knoxville, Tennessee, of all places, between two promotions back in, in 1979. One of them was called All-Star Championship Wrestling, and the other one was called Southeastern Championship Wrestling, or uh, SECW. The guys from All-Star Wrestling left Southeastern to start their own promotion because there was politics and they didn't like their booking and the promoter's brother was doing the booking and favoring certain people and so they started their own thing. The guys that started All-Star, people will be familiar with. Ronnie Garvin was one of them. Hands of Stone, Ronnie Garvin. Bob Roop, Boris Malenko, and Cowboy Bob Orton, the father of uh, Randy Orton. And what happened was, so there was a big heated war for about six months between these two groups. All-Star would run shows, and they would falsely advertise wrestlers from the other promotion, knowing they weren't going to show up, so they could try to tarnish their name. They would do stuff like that. All-Star wrestlers would go to SECW shows to try to cause a ruckus in the locker room and stuff like that. And both of them had TV, but Southeastern had had stronger coverage because they were around longer. They had stronger coverage than All-Star did. So All-Star did something 
crazy for the time, and this only just came out. They created a expose video, a 20-minute long expose video, in which the founders of the promotion, Ronnie Garvin, Bob Root, Boris Malenko, and Cowboy Bob Orton, exposed the business and basically talked about how the business was predetermined entertainment and, and, and a work. And can you imagine, Sean, this was 20 years before WWE went public, that pro wrestling was predetermined entertainment, and they created this in 1979. The reason that they created it was because they knew, okay, there's a heat of war going on, uh, and there's a chance we're not going to win the war. And so their mentality was, if we lose the war and if we have to fold, we're going to send this video to all the TV stations in Knoxville, and we're going to kill them too. Yeah. That's the reason they created it. As it turned out, SCCW went out of business first. The promoter, Ron Fuller, withdrew from Knoxville, sold the uh, territory to Jim Barnett from uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling, and then eventually All-Star kind of went out of business too. And I think Knoxville as a territory died for a while because of this promotional war and everything that was going on. I want to show you this quick clip. This is from Bob Orton Jr., the father of Randy Orton, when he was 29 years old, uh, talking about a little bit about exposing the business. Play that clip, uh, Nigel. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to tell you this. I started going to the wrestling matches at the age of five years old, and I believed everything I seen. I mean, when people got thrown out of the ring and got split open and the blood flew, hey, I believed it, and yes, I become excited. But then one night, I seen a man in the middle of a wrestling ring, and another man named Fred Blassie looked like he was ripping his eyes out of his head. And I broke down into tears, and I actually went into hysterics. I was hard to control. You know who that man was? My father, Bob Orton Sr. And that night home in the car, when I was eight years old, I'm still crying. I'm wondering how Dad can see while he's driving down the road. Well, Dad told me, Bob, there's nothing to worry about. Everything that goes on in a wrestling ring is a fabrication. It's something that you do to make wrestling fans believe that what you're doing is real, but in actuality, it's not. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine if that had gotten out back then, 20 years ago, and how that could have hurt the business? You remember John Stossel's thing with Dr. D. David yeah. Schultz? Yeah. And how that could have turned into something, but because David Schultz slapped him the way he did, it kind of quietly went away. Did you ever hear about that one, Nigel? No. When WWE was starting to get attention nationally in 84, it was. ABC News sent John Stossel to a show at Madison Square Garden. And John Stossel was a little weaselly little reporter. I, I know who John Stossel is. Yeah, now. yeah. And he was one of these little Weasley, I want to get the get, you know, break, break stories open kind of guys. Yeah, who there's, does that? There's a guy named Dr. D. David Chelsea at the time. He was a wrestler, and he was a big wrestler. Probably, what, six, 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 seven, probably. John Stossel is this little five-foot-five weasel. John Stossel <laughs> looks at David Chelsea, and he goes, is wrestling fake? Backstage. This is televised. And David Chelsea goes, is wrestling fake? And he goes, as hard as he can, and busted his eardrum. And it turned out that Stossel sued him. I think Vincent Man settled, and David Schultz ended up, ended up getting fired from the company. But did they make a big deal of, over was wrestling fake or not after that? No, they did. Do you remember wow. when Hogan choked out Richard Belzer? Yes, and I always wondered. Ooh. I always wondered if that was an accident because he was so muscled up. I always wondered about that one. I tell you what, man. It's in my experience, it's hard to accidentally choke somebody out. Yeah, even if it's there. But that being said, Belzer was real tiny. 
Yeah. And yeah. Hogan was real big. So if, if yeah. it's happening in a situation, it's like that. But did you ever I wonder, see that with Nigel? No, no I haven't probably not. did. And he had his head on the floor, too, which made it worse. But I, I, I always wondered if Hogan just wanted to maybe rough him up a little bit. Didn't think he was going to go out that quickly. Yeah, that was nasty. They were that promoting they were promoting nasty. WrestleMania 1. Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, they were promoting WrestleMania 1. They went on, Richard Belzer was his name, right? Yes. And he was this comedian who had a talk show, and he was a bit of a smug kind of arrogant he was, guy. He was eventually on Law & Order SVU. Okay, I, I never watched the show. Hogan put, him in a, Hogan put him in a front face lock. And within what, Sean? Ten two seconds? Two seconds. Yeah, pretty quickly, he went limp. <laughs> and when Hogan let him go, he <laughs> fell and hit the floor head first like that, busted the back of his head open, immediately came to, and just kind of instinctively, he looked at the camera and he said, we'll be right back. And he didn't remember any of it afterwards. And he sued Vincent Mann and Hulk Hogan, and they settled out of court. Yeah, that shit. So, yeah. We have, we have a super chat. Has Triple H ever been in a great WrestleMania main event? Yeah, I would say WrestleMania 20 was a great WrestleMania main event. But considering how many he's been in, that is a, a fine question. <laughs> I actually thought he and Taker at 17 stole the show. That's the match I always liked. Yeah. And it was the first time that I ever saw, because they, they did the spot a lot afterwards, but do you remember when Hunter would be standing over him in the corner and Taker would take him, turn into the last ride? Yes. First time they ever did it was WrestleMania 17, and I think that was the finish. And uh, that, I thought, was a really good match if you've never seen it. Just go back and watch it. What Somebody says, what would have happened if they got out? Meaning, I guess, meaning the uh, videos? The video? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the only saving grace is that it was, it was at the time because the business was territorial. So if anybody's not familiar with that time, there was such a disconnect between towns and between local television stations that what the promotion used to do, let's say you had a guy that was going to turn heel, for example, right? They could tape it at a show. They could send the tape to one station and then set that up for when they were going to go there for the, for the live shows. The next town over didn't know because they didn't yeah. have access to that station. Meaning that even though geographically you were in the same area, until they got the tape, they had no idea that that had happened. And so there's a possibility that nothing would have happened. But at the same time, something like that, you would have thought that some reporter, if they had have got access to that, would think, oh man, I gotta send this off. I have to send this off to, of to New York or, or whatever. It could have been a, a really big deal. And this was years before Bob Orton had his run in WWE. This was years before Ronnie Garvin was the NWA champion. A lot of things could have been different if that had gotten out. Yeah, I just, I, I, I just saw that video two days ago, and I couldn't. Be, I had no idea that existed. I had never heard of is, it before. Is there like a full twenty-minute video? Is yeah, that, YouTube has the whole twenty-minute. I got to watch that full thing. I, I saw like a little clip of it. I think uh, a brief. Well, besides what you showed me, but that's incredible. I think see. at the time in storyline, at the time Ronnie Garvin and Bob Orton were feuding. At the time, yeah. On the tape, Ronnie Garvin introduced Bob Orton. And Bob Orton comes in and they shake hands and Ronnie Garvin goes, this is my partner. We work together. And just watching, I'm thinking, man, for that time, 79, that was unheard of that you would see them do that. Oh, yeah. They were so protective back then. Matter of fact, a lot of promoters back then, if the if the good guy and the bad guy went to dinner together and the promoter found out about it, they'd find them or potentially fire them at the yeah. time. And at the time, or, Bill or Watts... they get caught riding around with cocaine in the car together? I mean... That too, that too. But Bill Watts at the time, if he ever heard a story about, oh, this wrestler lost a bar fight against a fan, he'd, he'd fire him yeah. if he found that out. Because he wanted to maintain the the whole you know facade, if you want to call it that, that number one, they're tough guys. Number two, they really are good guys. They really are bad guys. They really hate each other. 
So why do you think Melissa beat me up? She didn't want to get fired from your offices. (laughs) (laughs) You ruined the reputation. I look forward to the rematch. I look forward to the rematch. I'm thinking maybe a thumb wrestling match, something like that. It sounds like a good move. Maybe I'll start training for it soon. But uh, the best way to train my thumbs, I think, is if Melissa buys me a Nintendo Switch. I can just... What is it with this whole thing? Where did this even start? I don't know. The Switch thing. Where is this Where coming so from? Where so many of the great ideas of Fightful.com start? Right up here, Jimmy. Oh, sure. Sure. Right yeah. here. I was telling Sean yesterday, it seems that the ideas that are the most successful are the ones that you shoot down until I say, fuck it, we're doing it. Like what? Select. Exactly. One. <laughs> one. Okay, if I want to think back to my memory banks, I could find more. If I wanted to think one. back. One. I've got all kinds of great ideas. I'm made of them. Made of them. Kind of like the Fightful Report podcast, which is up on Select right now. Uh, Tomorrow, Warren Hayes goes live with the NXT 205 Live UK show. That is a live show on Fightful Select. But I'm also doing another Q&A show. You can ask unlimited questions over there. And Jimmy, starting next month, you'll be doing quarterly Q&A shows at Fightful Select. Um, yep. First one is uh, uh, April 2nd, I think. Yeah. If you guys want to try out Tier 2 and get early access, this is the month to do it. I am just loaded with interviews. We're going to have a ton of features, a lot of great stuff. The Weekender podcast with Steven Jensen's up. Uh, and on the free side of things at Fightful, this weekend is the Division podcast with Kristen Ashley. Tune into that. We got lots going on. But what do you have going on this week, Jimmy? I am going to Niagara Falls on Saturday for a boys trip. Oh, wow. Can't wait for you to spend $300 per meal there. That place is the most expensive place to eat anywhere. I'm not going to tell you what we do in Niagara Falls, but I'm bringing more than $300. You get a McDouble from McDonald's there, and it costs $25. It is insane. We walked into a buffet, a barbecue buffet. And I was just like, okay, you know what? Haven't had some good old American food in a few days. Let's have it. <laughs> Bam! Accidentally spent a hundred bucks, and I thought, "Damn, I am you, one step further away from getting my Nintendo Switch." Did you run into the entertainment tax that I told you about? Yeah, and I told him to cut that shit out. Like there you told you go. me to. Good so, for you. Good for you. Give us a thumbs up, guys. That stuff really helps. Subscribe. Tap that bell notification. But stay locked to Fightful.com. Myself, Andrew Thompson, Jeremy Lambert. Have stories all week long. Fightful, subscribe. Is that it? <laughs> That's the end of the show. All right, fine, fine. He wanted you to just cut. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.